you know I'm a child of the South, okay? And for me, there are a couple of seasons in the year. Oh, it's not winter, spring, summer, fall. It's, it's football season, uh, spring practice, and racing. Not racing. Racing is what the Indy cars are doing in downtown Nashville. Racing is what the heirs of the moonshine runners do in NASCAR. Uh, Listen, NASCAR came from moonshine runners. That's the history of the sport. And they would uh, juke up their cars and, uh, and try to outrun the feds so they could get the moonshine from one place to another. That's where NASCAR came from. Uh, and because of that, I have several friends who are car enthusiasts. Ah, they're nuts. They're not car enthusiasts, they're nuts. Uh, and and if, if, if you talk to them on the phone, every car is a female. Okay, these brothers aren't woke. I'm sorry, they just, they just not there. Uh, and and, and they'll, they'll, they'll call me, and if you, if you heard them and didn't know the context, you would think they were running a home for wayward women. Ah, oh, preacher, you should have seen her when I found her. Nobody should treat a lady like that. It's a car. Where'd you find her? Oh, man, she was in a bar. Man, chickens made nests in her. I, preacher, I just stood there and cried. It's a car. Not know. Well, what's going on? Well, I got her home. What are you doing? I'm just, I'm just sitting out there and talking to her. And he'll call me back and say, yeah, I, I, I got I a rub down, man. I said, I think I'm going to be able to save her. And every step of the way, he will call me. Every now and then I'll pick up the phone. I hear that. Hear that preacher? Yeah. She's born again. <laughs> and then early in the morning, he'll call me and say, should have been with us last night. And I know immediately, I did not want to be with him last night. Should have been with us last night. Why? Oh, she got up off the wheels. You know what he's talking about? He was on some straight road somewhere, goosed it. And the body of the car, because of the horsepower, lifted up off the wheels. Ah, preacher, she was flying. Should have heard her purring. It's a car. But you should hear him talk about it every step of the way. From being rescued to racing. One time I hung up the phone and I made a note in my journal. This guy understands the gospel better than I do. What do you mean? Ah, Let me show you. Stand now as we begin reading with Ephesians chapter 2. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the rule of the power of the air and the spirit now working in the disobedient. 
Now we too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. And we were by nature children under wrath as the others were also. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love, the great love that he had for us made us alive. When Christ, even though we were dead in trespasses, you were saved by grace. He raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages, he might display his immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ for good works, which God prepared for us ahead of time to do. You're saved by grace through faith, not of yourselves. It's God's gift, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared ahead of time for us to do. This is God's word for God's people. Hear it, believe it, and live. Let's pray together. Remind us of your great love for us, that we may be eager to share it with those who don't know yet. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Now, I know you're listening to this passage in Ephesians to say, wow, uh, Mike, you're going to be talking about God is love and love's only in there one time. And it's almost in there in a minor role. Paul talks about a lot going on in this passage. What's love got to do with what he said? And that's the frustrating thing for me, because if I have to tell anything, if I want to say anything to you, I want to tell you love is the whole thing. You just have to see how love is working. Because in the Bible, love is an action, not a feeling. Our world has so mistranslated and abused the word love that we're not even sure we know what it means anymore. And when you talk to people about being in love or feeling love, they'll talk about emotion. Oh, I, just, I felt warm, I felt all, all strange inside. That is not what the Bible talks about when it talks about love. Love is action. Love does. Not love feels. Love does. And look at what Christ is doing in the second chapter of Ephesians. Now, at the end of chapter one, we're celebrating because Christ has been installed as the ruler of all, everything has come together in Christ. Now Christ is high and lifted up. Everything is coming together in him. He is the ruler of all, and that's the end of chapter one. Now, now, in case you just woke up, pay attention. I know how sometimes you doze off and wake up, and you're going you're to think I said something I didn't do, I, I didn't say. At the end of chapter one, Christ is installed on his throne King of kings and Lord of lords. Now understand, that doesn't help 
in and of itself, that doesn't help us. Jesus is king. Where are we? Did you hear what he said? We're dead in our trespasses and our sins. Dead. Christ is king of kings, Lord of lords. We're dead, buried in our transgressions and our sins. Now, notice Paul uses two words. Paul is a brilliant writer. He rarely uses terms haphazardly. If he has the word in there, it's because he wants to make a particular point. Sin is, is something that we do wrong. It's the archery term that says we miss the mark. You can miss the mark by accident. And, and sometimes we sin and don't realize we sin until we sin and we go, ooh, that was a mistake. I'm sorry. And yet we know we have sinned, but we didn't mean to. Transgressions, oh, we meant to. Okay? Uh, last weekend, Jeannie and I kept our beautiful, perfect grandchildren for the weekend while their parents went on a short trip. And we saw Genesis acted out all over again. Okay, we've just eaten. Let's wait before we go into the pool. Well, I'm just waiting. Don't go in the pool. But I'm just splashing, don't go in the pool. Looking at me the whole time. Like, what you gonna do, old man? You can't catch me. <laughs> Transgressions. I know exactly what I'm doing. I know it's wrong. I know there are consequences. I know it will hurt, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yes, there may be some excuse if we were buried in sin, because sometimes, honestly, we're not smart enough to know when we're doing wrong. Ah, but the transgressions. Where you knew and did it anyway. Saved by grace, not by your own works, because dead people don't. What do you mean? I mean dead people don't. Dead people don't breathe, dead people don't talk, dead people don't think, dead people don't get up, dead people don't. You know how you tell when somebody is dead? They don't. They don't breathe. They don't react to pain. They don't. Dead in your sin, you by yourself are not going to change your situation. And you know that, we know that. We learn it every January 1st, right? I'm going to turn over a new leaf. It's just a different side of the same leaf. Nothing's changed. We can't. We won't. And that is an embarrassing moment, isn't it? When you have to hang your head and say, I can't 
fix this. But Christ and his great love for us rescued us. The same way that the Father called Christ back to life on that first Easter Sunday morning, Christ has come to you and called you back to life, called you back from the dead. And picked you up and he's taken you home and he has wept all the way. You should have seen him when I found him, he would say. You should have seen her when I found her. Nobody should treat one of my children like this. You should have seen them. And he'll start the repairing, the restoring. Now, all of us have this thing that, boy, I've been, I've been saved by grace. I've been loved by Jesus. Isn't it wonderful? Sometimes, other times, it's painful. <sighs> Do you remember when Jesus is talking about, I am the vine, you are the branches? Isn't that wonderful? I want to cross stitch it. Put it on your refrigerator door. But when you watch it, when you read it, he says the father takes care of the garden and he prunes the vines, prunes the branches. Have you ever pruned a branch? You take something sharp and you cut the branch off. That's what Jesus will do to you. That's what he's done to me. You don't need this in your life anymore, Mike, but I like it. Snip. Oh, and it's just a joyful moment. Oh, come on. It hurts. You get mad. I don't like this. It's part of the restoring. It's part of the healing. Christ is going to remove those things that are not part of him in your life. And sometimes that means pulling sin out by its roots. And that hurts. But he loves you too much to leave you like you are. He loves us when he finds us just like we are. Isn't that wonderful? But he doesn't leave us that way. Isn't that glorious? And he'll start restructuring, reworking until people begin to recognize his work in you. And the conversation will go, what's changed? What's different? Christ is working. But he's not finished. There's a part of the redemptive process you were born to be part of. You were born to be a partner with him in reclaiming the brokenness of the world into the glory of God's kingdom. You were created for godly works with Jesus, working side by side with Jesus, taking your little part of the world and reclaiming it for the glory of God, for the kingdom of God. You were created to work, to be part of the redemptive work. 
as my car enthusiast buddies would say, preacher, she was born to race. So like I said, my car buddies understand the gospel sometimes more than I do. So let me talk to you in their terms. Let me ask you these questions. Have you been rescued? Now I know all of our stories began with I was mistreated, I was abandoned, I was wrecked, I was lost. But have you been rescued? Where were you when Christ found you? Have you been restored? Sadly, Baptists put such an emphasis on being born again, we forget to tell you to grow again. And you were called to grow up in Christ Jesus. Is he dealing with those things in your life? Is he dealing with the things in my life that keep him from being your all in all? Have you been restored? Are you running? Lastly, are you racing? You see, you were born to race. You were born for some redemptive work that Christ has created you for, that all of his work of rescue, all of his work of restoration, all of his work to get you running has now made you ready to race for his glory. God is loved because when he saw you wrecked, he knew what you could be. Every moment he sanded and reupholstered and tuned you up, he restored you. He got you running, and now it is his will, his biggest desire for you that you leave this moment racing. So how about it? Been rescued? Been restored? Are you running? Are you racing? Let's pray together. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes just in this moment. I'm not going to do anything to put you on the spot or embarrass you. I don't want to do that. But I do want you asking yourself, honestly, these questions. Some of you feel like 
the old car that my buddy finds abandoned in a barn somewhere. The world has used you up. The world has abused you. The world has put you somewhere so they could forget about you. And here you are this morning hearing the good news that Jesus has been looking for you. And you may not know what to do with that. That's okay. I'm going to be headed to the parlor right after this. It's right across the hall. The other ministers will be joining me there. We'd love to have the conversation so we can help you understand what it means for Jesus to rescue you. Maybe you're looking for a group so you can begin to work seriously on your discipleship. You find us. We'll help you do that. Maybe Christ is calling you to be part of Brentwood Baptist Church. Come, let us have, get that process started. However the Lord Jesus has come to you now, he's waiting for you where you are. The church waits for you as you come. Lord Jesus, every life is now open, every heart. So we pray now that decisions we make are exactly what you want.